0: I V M. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Paytm Money. As we go into God knows what week of the lockdown, we've been... Trying to make sure that we get as much content out to you as possible. We had some interesting episodes in the last week. Cyrus says we had Angus Singh Ranyal on it. That was a fun episode to listen to. On the Filter Coffee podcast, we had Taslima Nasleen and Arunav Sina on that. That was another great conversation. Karthik and joined Varun on advertising is dead. And guys, look for Pratik Oswal on Passover a Podcast with Anupam Gupta. That was another great episode. I'd also like to let people know that the show that we're doing with Mr. Ashish Vidyarthi, Begin the Journey, is now going to be releasing three times a week. So do check that out. I'm sure you'll enjoy that. And let's get started with your show.
1: BQ Big Decisions, the Bloomberg Quinn podcast that helps you make the right financial choices. Hello, and thanks for listening in. This is BQ Big Decisions, and I'm Alex Matthew. If you've listened to any of the conversations we've had on this podcast series over the past several months, you'll know that we've covered all the basics of personal finance. How to go about goal-based investing, what are the investments that can help you achieve those goals, and what is a risk profile. We've also had specific conversations on the types of investments that you can make, especially fixed income investments into mutual fund schemes. Now, it's clear that we're living in unprecedented times. The winding down of six fixed income schemes by Franklin Templeton has given rise to a lot of worry. So on today's conversation, I'm hoping to answer some of the questions or rather get some of the questions answered about strategy in these uncertain times in order to safeguard your hard-earned money. My guest today is Harshwadan Rumta, Certified Financial Planner and Founder of Rumta Securities. Thanks so much for joining me, Harsh, as usual.
2: My pleasure, Alex.
1: Now, this is a bit of a different conversation because we're not sitting in front of each other. The pandemic is causing us to adapt to this situation. But there's something we have to accept right at the onset, Harsh. There's a lot of anger out there. Uh, There are a lot of investors who have money invested in these six schemes... That Franklin Templeton had thousands of crores worth of uh, assets under management and all of a sudden overnight they're facing a situation where their money is locked up and they're not sure about whether they'll get it back what exactly has happened for those who are unfamiliar with it or perhaps who are trying to figure out what has happened.
2: Uh, so, well, Alex, the situation is such that Franklin Templeton had these six, six schemes that they have uh, enlisted. Yes. Now, in the these are all debt funds so ranging from an ultra short term bond fund to a low duration. They had a credit risk fund, the dynamic accrual fund, the short term income fund, the income opportunities fund. So, these are all debt schemes managed by Franklin. Right. Now, over the years, Franklin has been investing into a paper. So, the in, so in simple words, let's put it like this so if you are an investor you have invested your money in say franklin india short term debt fund now this particular scheme is required to park that money in certain uh, you know bonds now the bonds that they bought into what a mix of uh, AAA rated papers, they were A rated, they were lower rated papers as well.
1: And this rating essentially, for those who are unfamiliar, is essentially what tells you what the credit rating is. So the likelihood of default, that is the likelihood that the money will not be paid back. AAA means it's the top rated and there's a very low chance that the money will not be paid back.
2: That's correct. So a AAA signifies the highest rating that uh, an instrument gets. So, so this fund manager goes ahead and invests that money which all the investors have pulled in together into in, into bonds with different credit ratings. Now, apparently, Franklin's portfolio. Consisted primarily of double-rated and below uh, and below investments. Okay. So, so there is a composition. There is a combination of triple-rated, double A, single A, B, maybe, you know. So these are different investments that they held in their schemes. Right now over a period of time we have seen uh, you know the defaults happening with island fs with sl group with uh, several others the vodafone was marked down the papers for vodafone idea were marked down then we had a yes bank uh, going into moratorium so these were the issues which started cropping up now if you have as an investor as a fund manager invested into bonds of these companies you're not likely to receive your money on time at the same time now Alex you and me being investors into this particular scheme we went ahead and we gave a request for redemption so we wanted our money so we went to the fund house and we said please give our money back because I need it for whatever reasons now if the fund house has to give money to you they will definitely have to sell some papers yes. which they're invested into correct so the most liquid ones being the A rated papers the the highly rated papers that they had in their portfolio now over a period of time uh, over the last couple of months franklin had seen a huge redemption onto their schemes so when you have redemption and you're supposed to pay the investors who are asking for money back you you went ahead and started selling papers which were saleables which are those highly marketable triple rated papers because
1: in the last couple of months nobody was taking the lower rated papers anyway nobody was buying them yes
2: yeah, so liquidity in the low rated papers had become uh, uh, very dry. Yes. As a result, uh, you know, you couldn't really go ahead and sell them the way you wanted. So now in that case, uh, with the redemption pressures coming in, the scheme actually ran out of all the papers that they invested, which were triple rated and highly liquid then came a situation wherein still there were redemption pressures so the fund house has an option to borrow up to 20% of the assets that they own they can borrow and uh, ready and pay the redemptions
1: this is under regulatory uh, requirement
2: absolutely so as per the regulatory guidelines they are permitted to uh, to take a loan up to 20% of the assets that they own They exhausted that limit as well. In some cases, they've in fact gone even beyond 20%, which is also well within the regulatory approvals. Now, having exhausted that option as well, now again, if there are redemptions happening, where does the fund house pay those redemptions from? Where the, the investments that they are holding are not liquidable and they are supposed to still pay. So what Franklin did as a decision, took a decision was that they went in for winding up of the schemes. Now, what it means is that the status quo, they maintain a status quo now. So you and me as investors in this scheme, we are now going to be on a status quo, uh, as in we will not be allowed to redeem money out of it. We will not be allowed to invest any further. We cannot switch money that we have in Franklin, say short-term income fund into a Franklin uh, equity fund. We cannot do that. So our money is now in this scheme and it is going to be given to you and me as in when the fund house re- realizes the investments that they have made into those bonds.
1: That means the companies that the the bonds which they have bought when the companies repay with the interest and principal.
2: That's correct. So, so in some cases, you will have uh, the interest being paid regularly. In some cases, there might be a default or a delay in that going to the lockdown, the crisis that we're seeing so uh, if there is an interest payment coming regularly that on a monthly basis will be given back to the investors after so just have to remember this point there is about a 20 percent uh, 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 loan taken from banks on this particular uh, scheme so first the payment will be made to those banks for the, the, the lenders will have to be paid first right after there's a waterfall
1: which, as they say
2: Correct. So first, the money will have to be paid to the lenders. And thereafter, the uh, unit holders will get money proportionately to the number of units they're holding on a monthly basis. That is what the Franklin top management has uh, informed.
1: All right. So there was that call that they did in the morning uh, where there was a little bit of uh, clarification that was provided. But there are questions still, Harsh, uh, out there in terms of why uh, has it devolved so quickly? Um, you know, this has been happening for the last two months, shouldn't investors have been warned in some fashion of course, this is coming from those investors themselves saying I subscribe to an open ended fund, so I I was given a guarantee at that time that I could pull out my money at any point of time Um, and suddenly it's turned out to be a closed ended fund and some of the investors in this in these funds have substantial monies that are stuck, so what does it mean for these investors?
2: (laughs) So you're right, Alex, when you invested money into the scheme, you were told that you can enter and exit any any at any point in time. Right. And uh, overnight, you've been given uh, a mandate saying that now onwards, there is no exit uh, out of it and you have to wait for recoveries to happen. Yeah. So, uh, well, it is as kind of a rude shock to the investors. And unfortunately, so it is going to pro- probably have a larger impact on the confidence that investors have into the mutual fund industry as a whole. So it's a very it's a very sad day in the uh, in the parlance of the asset management uh, industry. But uh, this is a reality, and uh, if you have to look at it from uh, uh, from an investor's point of view, especially those ones uh, who are not well informed or those who are not able to track such developments, I think it is a step in the right direction imagine a situation so we've seen just if we talk about just any one of the schemes it, if it had an AUM of 12,000 crores and today we're standing at 7,000 crores so there has been a 5,000 crores redemption in the last two months now those investors were well informed they were well advised yeah. so they have been, they've been able to redeem their money on time now leaving behind investors who were not so proactively managing their portfolios now had this happened two months ago so maybe everybody would have been at par at that point in time and uh, uh, so if not happened two months ago it's probably happening today and uh, it will possibly save those investors who have not been basically able to track I certain- besides the fact of course yeah besides the fact of course that they don't have liquidity on papers right now so there is no choice and if anybody wants to redeem it will only mean selling more of those liquid papers if at all and then retaining back the liquid ones for the uh, investors who are remaining back in the scheme.
1: Small point that I was trying I was uh, going to make is that there have been uh, certain uh, veterans in the industry that have pointed out that, a mutual fund uh, or an asset management company has to treat all investors with parity so those investors that are coming in those investors that are staying with you and those investors that are trying to go out so in the event that they would have continued redemptions i think that those investors that would have stayed with them would have gotten the raw side of the deal in that they would have seen a significant deterioration in the asset quality
2: right that's correct that's correct
1: okay but at the same time, there have been those that are suggesting that perhaps, and, and this, is, uh, this is a bit of a, a dicey proposition because where does the buck stop, right? Uh, because on the one hand, you're saying that Franklin Templeton, for all those who knew about uh, the strategy that was employed by uh, this particular asset management company, was willing to take certain risks in terms of its portfolio. Uh, a lot of advisors knew that. And that's the reason why it was offering rates of uh, up to 200 basis points higher than its competition. Uh, so some decided to steer clear and say, "Look, this is high risk; you shouldn't get into this." But others, perhaps, were not as conscientious. So people are getting up and saying, "Shouldn't my advisor have told me about this?"
2: Yes, Alex, you're absolutely right. So there's a three uh, way that the three prong approach that you will have to look at this issue from. The first one being there is a specific category uh, in mutual fund debt schemes, which is credit risk funds, wherein the regulator has permitted and very categorically informed investors in that sense, by the virtue of the name of the scheme being a credit risk fund. So ideally, as a fund house, I would put this onus on Franklin uh, fund managers if you have an ultra short-term fund, a low-duration fund, yes. essentially the profile of those schemes is that a person will park his emergency funds, he will park money temporarily over there until he requires it, into uh, into paper into schemes like these. So, as a fund manager, uh, you know it was the duty of the fund manager to, in that sense, be very prudent in investing. And buying bonds accordingly, you couldn't have uh, taken a credit risk or low-rated illiquid papers into low-duration ultra-short-term bond funds. I mean, it does not really go, uh, you know, along with it. So you have a clear category of a credit risk risk fund. So and you know, medium-term duration funds, or you can still so take a risk in that paper where the investor profile is also coming in with that mindset. And there
1: needs to be a clear messaging as well, because now we've achieved, at least to a certain extent, uh, some information going out in terms of the nature. Need- of credit risk funds, Harsh. You know, we, we keep talking about it in on on this pro, on this podcast, on on various programs on Bloomberg Quint. Uh, that it is a risky proposition. And just because it's fixed income doesn't mean that there is no risk. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think a lot of people are asking the question. And what you just pointed out is that. There was no reason why they should have thought that it was dangerous or there was a significant risk associated with uh, the ultra-short uh, bond uh, or other ultra-short uh, scheme that was being offered by Franklin Templeton. But at the same time, I would say, Harsh, that the fact that they were giving you much higher returns is, is suggestive of the kind of papers that they were buying. So, again, there's a bit of a, a, a catch-22 situation there.
2: Absolutely. So now the first uh, leg of that approach that I mentioned was obviously the duties of the fund manager. Now, if you look at now you hit the right chord. So now let's look at the other two legs of this approach that we're talking about. So the other one being, of course, uh, the investors themselves in my own experience, I'm saying this, the investors themselves came up because if you're talking about the ultra h category, they are well advised, they're well aware. So even if, uh, you know, they're approaching somebody, they kind of fairly have, a good idea about what's happening around. If they don't themselves have there is somebody who's already advising them. So in fact, in my own experience, I've had cases where investors came up to us, I'm talking about six, eight months, one year ago, where they selected and they asked me a question uh, saying that why not a Franklin short-term income fund or income opportunities fund? Because they tend to offer, you know, in a, on a past return basis, they tend to offer 200 basis point higher than the category. So why aren't you recommending this? So from an investor point of view also, where they looked at only past returns, they said that, you know, I'm getting, uh, this fund is giving me higher return and it's top of the charts. So why am I enti- why uh, am i not being suggested that scheme so investors also need to understand everything that gives you higher return does not mean that it is you know equivalently placed in terms of safety and all other parameters absolutely now the third part as you rightly pointed out again as to why wasn't my advisor proactive enough to identify this isn't that the job of the advisor so yes the third leg of this entire conversation is on the advisor as well so wherein you have to as an advisor Keep a track of these things. Guide your investors, even if they come up with situations such as this, that why am I not being given a scheme which is giving higher return? Why are you suggesting something which is lower in return in the category? So it is your duty as an advisor to guide and differentiate and tell them what is the reason. If they are holding lower rated papers, the chances of risk are defaults also high. So I think this is a combination of all these three things. And somewhere all three have gone wrong. For uh, for and for this situation to have arisen
1: right now, in a sense, Harshit, it's it's the perfect storm because the the speed at which this pandemic spread, uh, it spread so rapidly that the markets crashed so quickly uh, that I believe that a lot of people didn't have time to react. But having said that, a lot of uh, the other AMCs have come out on record. In fact, the industry body AMFI has also come out with a statement that says that uh, a lot of the other AMCs are, have uh, enough room. Uh, And they can take care of redemption, but uh, perhaps it's best and most prudent to stay put. Uh, That's not an easy decision to make for individual investors, right? And I would think, Harsh, that that, that's a case-to-case decision to make. For example, if there is an investor that has a substantial exposure to a credit risk, uh, in these scenarios, perhaps it is better to de-risk?
2: so uh, credit risk funds very clearly are in the tight spot right now so if you are already an investor into a low rated paper in good times so if, while everything was going fine there was liquidity there was economic movement, everything going business is running smoothly at that point in time if there was a business rated low in uh, you know getting a low credit rating. In times like these, when there's a lockdown where business activities have virtually come to a standstill, even after the lockdown gets over, we don't even assume an economic growth of more than 1%. So uh, order books are going to take time, the costs are going to escalate. So during these times, the low rated papers, which were anyways in, uh, you know, in, diffi- in difficult situations. So there is likely to be a uh, credit, uh, you know, uh, event here and when there will be defaults, interest payments will not be done on time. So, so this is actually panning out now and the effects will be seen in the coming months. So as much as the industry body or anybody from the industry states specifically to credit risk funds, well, they have been following all the guidelines, but the interest payments are in my opinion, are definitely going to be delayed and or there could be defaults, especially in the credit risk funds. Yeah, th- so all the is... signs
1: are pointing to that. Uh, just a small mention, Harsh. In fact, last night, uh, we had a report on Bloomberg Quint that talked about a cabinet decision to uh, put uh, the IBC process on pause for the next six months at least. Uh, so so there are no go- going to be no insolvencies uh, in the next six months
2: absolutely so so an investor uh, in a credit risk fund right now my personal opinion one you shouldn't have and that's what we've been advocating all throughout in the last couple of years in fact wherein we've said debt is not uh, meant uh, to be taken risk with so if you want to take risk invest in equities so so credit risk funds and uh, you will recall on our mutual fund shows and several podcasts as we've done that uh, we've always been declining and you know advising people against credit risk funds Debt investments are supposed to be for preservation of capital and not to take risk. So well, my I continue with that suggestion and say that if you are an investor with credit risk funds and you're able to redeem today, even if it's in negative for the moment, I think it is it'll be wise for you to redeem out of this and probably invest in an uh, you know in a liquid fund, uh, the ultra-short term or the overnight funds in case you wish to park your money. Just make sure that even uh, you know the the ultra-short term fund that you're investing in does not have uh, papers similar to that of the Franklin. Absolutely. So
1: you must go through the underlying or ask your financial planner to tell you about the underlying securities that these schemes are investing in. And they need to be high quality papers. Uh, So but very quickly, uh, Harsh, to wrap up this conversation for investors in other mutual funds uh, and in other debt schemes, um, is there a cause for concern or perhaps uh, it's, you
2: know, it's something that will get resolved in the near term? So, well, as far as liquidity is concerned, there is ample liquidity in the system right now. The concern is whether, uh, uh, you know, the companies in which your scheme has invested into will be able to pay. Now, you will have to do a little, uh, you know, deep diving into the scheme details. Now, ask your financial advisor to do that for you and sit along with your financial advisor to understand that and do not take anything at face value. I mean, you know, we, we might hear a lot of industry participants uh, claiming and, you know, uh, saying that everything is fine. It's only effective. Uh, to, it's only affecting only one particular fund house, etc. But I think uh, you should not take anybody at face value right now. And you've got to safeguard
1: uh, your finances.
2: Absolutely, you have to take the onus up yourself. If you're not comfortable at all, and you think you've lost trust, I mean, there is—it's uh, very likely that you think like that. But does not mean that you have to take action immediately on it. Don't let it be your, you know, reaction. Uh, just go into the details. Don't panic at this juncture. You still have a lot of time to your side. I mean, it's not that tomorrow another fund house is going to announce a similar thing. So that I don't well, see hope, it happening. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. <laughs> but uh, but it's time for for you to surely look into your portfolio and do a little, get a little more involved than what you were till now.
1: Understood. All right. I, I think that more or less covers uh, all of the aspects. And uh, perhaps we can talk uh, as and when there is a regulatory response. We don't have one yet, Harsh. Uh, obviously, one would expect that the market regulator will come in and say something about this. Uh, it is an unprecedented event. Uh, but To that point, uh, I think, uh, let me thank you for joining me on this conversation and essentially clarifying a lot of aspects uh, for my listeners. It's been a pleasure as always. My pleasure. Thank you, Alex. And to you, dear listener, thank you so much for listening into this conversation. I hope that it helped you out. If you've got any additional questions, you can mail us on askbq at bloombergquint.com or in fact, send us a message on any one of our social media platforms. Thanks so much for
0: listening in. This is Alex Matthews signing off. Have a great day. If you enjoyed Big Decisions, check out some other podcasts on the IVM Podcast Network. You can check out Pesa Vesa, hosted by Anupam Gupta, Advertising is Dead, hosted by Varun Dugirala, the Ronnie Screwwala podcast, hosted by Ronnie Screwwala, or Cyrus Says, hosted by Cyrus Procha. These shows are available on the IVM Podcast website, app, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
1: Are you constantly seeking happiness? Wondering how to make the most of every day? How not to let your inhibitions stop you from achieving your goals? It's now time to get your A-game on. It's time to unlock your true potential. Tune in to the empowering series with me Zarina Punavala, to feel empowered in all genres of life. From behavioral skills to management skills, from health to relationships. From mental well-being to emotional well-being. And of course your finances. I've got you covered. With these tips and tricks from me, Zarina, and true life stories from my amazing guests, you're bound to bring your purest to the table. Tune in to the empowering series with Zarina Punavala every Thursday on the IVM Podcast app, website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you have a night routine? Well, everyone has one. And the to-do list usually looks like this. Brush your teeth, set that alarm, get into your pajamas, and switch off those screens. But here's one more to add to that list. Tune into the Positively Unlimited podcast for a dose of positive action and tips on how to build powerful mindsets. Episodes out every Monday on the IVM Podcast app, ivmpodcast.com, or wherever you tune into podcasts.